Hey there. As everybody knows, it's another BitMart AMA. Just talking to projects that are listing on the BitMart Exchange or we're interested in for um, this dynamic space. And like I said today, we've got Adam, Ken, and Omar on today from the Love Chain. And before I say a formal hello to them, I'm going to get through a little housekeeping right here. And that is that if you've listened to these AMAs before, you know that you're part of an exclusive group of listeners who want to know information before it hits the market, as it hits the market, or just keep up to date with all this crazy, crazy crypto news that comes in this dynamic industry that we all love so dearly. So, of course, we want to reward you for that. And the reward amount that we have today for listening to this AMA is 800 USD, which is approximately 2500 LOV tokens. And we're also doing a Twitter airdrop where 50 users who follow slash retweet or tag friends will be randomly selected to receive 50 love each. And it's the pretty standard giveaway um, for doing that where you know you go and you find this Twitter space link where you've been listening to this and you retweet it tag three friends, go and follow the love chain at their Twitter, which is at the underscore love chain. Get a screenshot of you doing that information, fill out our Google form, and you will be off to the races to get some of that sweet, sweet love tokens. So, well, the USD equivalent of love tokens. My apologies. So, it looks like we've got Adam, Ken, and Omar from the love chain on right now. Gentlemen, are you all there and how are you doing? Um, I can see Ken and myself. Obviously, um, I can't see uh, Adam yet, but uh, I'm assuming he's out there somewhere. We're well. Um, we're happy to be here with your community and looking forward to this uh, relationship with BitMart Exchange. And we understand this opportunity is a way for us to uh, reach your um, uh, traders, investors, etc., and tell them a little bit about what we're doing. Yeah, and Omar, um, not to pick on you, but is that an Australian accent I detect there? Born and bred, Nathan, born and bred. Uh, my uh, family uh, came out here uh, a long time ago, um, and I'm not a young spring chicken either. So, uh, yeah, I was born here in Australia and grew up here as well. Wow, very cool. I have never been to Australia, and I just wanted to make sure that my accent uh, detection mechanism was correct here. Ken, are you, Ken, are you there? What's happening? Yes, I am. Nice to meet everybody. Thanks oh, for having us. Very cool. I didn't realize everybody was from Australia here. Well, good day, mates. <laughs> good day, mate. We're from Sydney, Australia. All, all three of us are born and raised. So, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Well, then real quick, I just have to ask this question before we get into what the love chain is about and what your project is. Is crypto, I um, I try to keep up with all the news that's happening globally. You guys are all out of Sydney, Australia. You're working on a crypto project, specifically one that deals with NFTs. Um, I didn't realize this. Is crypto really big in Australia? Are there a lot of, is there like a Silicon Valley of Australia where people are going all in on crypto projects right now? Tell me. Australia are major adopters of crypto. Um, yeah, we have, we've got over 10% of the country uh, are we in crypto? We're a nation of 26 million people, with you know 2.6 million people um, in the in the crypto space, which is quite you know a large percentage of the market. Um, and, you know, we, our office specifically in a, in a uh, 
you know, a it's not a crypto, but it's like a fintech hub. But you've got a lot of projects that are just in our office. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's quite large. Um, there's a lot of users, um, and it's significantly growing. And it's one of the major adopters around the world um, as a nation. Interesting, because you know sometimes when I look at the news, it seems like the the nations that are most gung ho about crypto are developing nations, such as Nigeria. And obviously, Australia is not a developing nation; it is quite a developed nation. So that's super fascinating for me to hear. And, and thank you for explaining that. I just did not know that. I have not gotten to the land down under just yet. But we're not here to talk about Australia's crypto um, community or the uh, the fintech hub that might be happening in Sydney. We're here to talk about your guys's project, which is the Love Chain app. And the way that I kind of try and structure these AMAs is I don't like to learn too much about the project before I go in here and talk to the people with the project. I like to go straight to the source. I like to hear all about it from you. And I try and follow along on either your website right here or some of the social stuff that you've um, that you've put out kind of as we're talking so that I'm almost kind of like learning along with the listeners. Now, obviously, I've interviewed dozens of projects at this point. Um, I've been in the crypto space a pretty long time, so I'm always interested to learn something new, learn how somebody is kind of taking something traditional and putting a crypto or NFT twist on it, or just totally, you know, changing the paradigm. So please, Omar, Ken, Adam, if you're here, Adam, if you're here and you need to become a speaker, raise your hand or something like that, my producer will look out for you. We want to include you. Um, please, Omar, Ken, both of you, you can switch off. You can talk as long as you want. Please tell us, what is the Love Chain app? Thanks, Nathan. Um, I'll give you a, a, an intro into um, how we came about doing what we what we are doing. Um, we initially um, were looking at the uh, um, blockchain space and, and really identifying um, areas where the technology could disrupt traditional business models um, and one of the key and, and also um, in a scalable way. So for us, um, social media was one and, and, you know, obviously we all use social media. There's 4.6 billion people globally that have, you know, um, on average around eight apps, social media apps on their uh, devices. So it was a key area that we looked at uh, quite a few years ago um, and we're not. We're obviously not the first um, project team that has attempted to um, build a social media blockchain integrated solution, but I think the timing is pretty good for us now. So um, the Love Chain is essentially a social media app that is bringing Web three functionality into the social media space. Um, so what we're doing essentially is bringing things like decentralized governance decentralized storage, um, rewards, on-chain rewards for content creators and sharers, um, and also uh, innovating around the NFT, um, uh, I guess, um, feature, which is bringing NFTs to social media. Um, you know, we all know NFTs are, you know, typically artistic-type depictions, but with our app, um, you could create a post. It could be a... a video or a picture that you would normally take um, on social media and you can create an NFT out of it if it resonates with you in that way. So it's groundbreaking in that way and and we know that social media 
um, some of the bigger players have, have been um, integrating things such as um, NFTs into uh, a user's avatar um, or their profile pic, et cetera. Um, but for us, it's more about bringing NFTs um, to social medias and within the actual apps themselves as a feature. So um, I think that opens up a whole heap of um, uh, areas for discussion um, in itself. Um, beyond that, we're looking at integrating things such as our NFT marketplace, which will be, uh, you know, it's in our roadmap. It's a, it's a future development, probably a couple of months away, and also an e-commerce marketplace um, through our other project, which is um, going to fit in fairly nicely. So we've got two key tokens um, that we um, uh, uh, support in, within our ecosystem, but we'll talk about those later. But that's essentially the love chain for you. So in terms of, uh, you know, what we're doing at the moment, it is in in a, a closed beta test. Um, it looks and feels probably, you know, similar to, I guess, a cross between TikTok and Instagram, but we've got the added um, features of NFT creations, blockchain storage, and um, integrated digital wallet. Uh, and that's uh, where we're at at the moment with things. Yeah, I think that that is totally fascinating. And before I ask some questions about it, Ken, is there anything else that you want to add on to it that Omar may have, have missed or that you know you, you feel a more burning desire to highlight? No, I think uh, we're spot on with um, what, what it is. Uh, no, I um, uh, think uh, he covered it all. Sure, yeah. So I find this fascinating because... NFTs are not necessarily hard to mint if you understand the process and you know which chains are the most popular. But you would never be able to tell me that they're easy to mint, especially for people that are not technologically literate. So I immediately see the use case of this app, especially for content creators who may be super creative and they're um, always doing sort of interesting stuff, but sometimes they're not the most technical people. You know, this is just the way of the world. You outsource stuff like video editing, audio editing, so that you can make yourself be professional and focus on the things that you're good at. So I immediately see the use of this of like, um, you know, you've made a video, you've made music, you've taken a photo, whatever, and instantly being able to turn it into an NFT. The immediate questions that pop up in my mind, and I'm sure you'll be able to answer these immediately, is, um, you know, how easy is the process? Like, what is the process like? And then what um, what blockchain are we minting these NFTs on? Is it Ethereum? Is it Polygon? Is it something like that? Those are the things that immediately come to mind for me. Yeah, I might just quickly uh, throw a few things in there, and I'm, I'm sure Ken will add something as well. Um, you're, you're 100% right. One of the key things um, in making the NFT feature work is And really, um, when you take a picture or a video, let's say on your phone, um, and you want to post it to your social media feed, um, it's within the app itself. When you do go to post it, you can select three options. One is um, you can select whether it actually goes into the public feed, which means um, most people will get to see it. You can select whether you want to um, just create a blockchain upload, um, which is essentially the decentralized storage feature. 
or you can select create NFT. And and really, if you create, if you if you select, say, uh, I want to showcase it in the public feed, and I want to create an NFT out of this picture and video, and then create and then press post. That's as simple as it gets. Um, and I think uh, um, that in itself is is something that we thought long and hard about. Um, and uh, you know. In terms of the testing, it's it's working really well, which is good, um, and that will, I, I guess, hopefully, when we do go to the public launch, uh, many many people will want to download the app simply to try this feature. Um, so it is potentially a major selling point for us. Initially, we've we built the actual NFT feature on Algorand. Um, one of the, well, a number of key reasons. One is the actual um, transaction speed and the transaction costs. So they're both factors in that. It doesn't preclude us in the future from introducing um, that feature or functionality onto other chains. So um, possibly Ethereum, for example, or Solana, um, and, and we'll take a close look at that. But initially, for, for our purposes, Algorand was the one that um, suited what we were doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're happy with that. Ken, did you want to add anything? No, I think it's just important. The, the love the listeners and you know all those that have tuned in to um, you know be able to use it. Like we, we on our website now, we've you know the public beta we launched earlier this this month, and you know would love the users to come actually test it for themselves um, and really see how simple it is and how simple the love chain is to create an NFT. It's 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 as simple as clicking a button. And really, you know, we're really bridging the gap um, in functionality um, and creating, you know, the the bridging from um, conventional social media um, and bringing Web3 into it. It, It's it's really that simple. Uh, You know, it's 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 so uh, it's harder for me to explain than it is the users to use. So, yeah, we really love, you know, users that are on here to, you know, test it for themselves. Um, It's that simple. Yeah, and if you look at their um, the website, thelovechain.io, first of all, I think it's really beautifully designed. I'm not usually a, a fan of the color purple, but I, this is really clean and well-designed here, and it has a whole host of information about the love chain and about how simple it is. It really does remind me of the kind of landing pages for any sort of really high-class app like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, about how... You know, there's this complicated technical stuff that's going on in the background, but for the for the immediate user, for the UX and the UI, it really is just as simple as clicking a button. And as you were speaking, Ken and Omar, it kind of made me think about, um, you know, nobody ever thinks about like, oh, well, Twitter is actually this complicated SMS internet messaging platform similar to the early bulletin boards. Um, that allows you to broadcast yourself to millions of users. You don't think about that. It's just so well designed. You click, you post, and you've broadcasted your thoughts, for better or worse, to the uh, entire world. And the same thing with Facebook, same thing with Instagram, with photos. So I immediately see the use case here. It's very interesting that you're um, building it on Algorand because I've talked to a lot of projects that have built on Algorand, and they like it because it's simple it's fast, it's cheap, it's well-researched, and it's actually one of the few carbon-neutral, maybe even carbon-negative blockchains out there right now, which is um, pretty important to tech companies right now. Um, another one that I would suggest if you're ever looking to expand to blockchains is Cardano. I think Cardano has 
a lot of the same similar features that Algorand does, maybe even a little bit more, but it's people sleep on it. So just a, a thought there. Real quick before we move on, I have wondered this since we started the conversation, and I'm sure that some people in the audience are wondering it as well. The, the app is about making NFTs um, from social media posts and kind of like a social media network for NFTs. But why is it called the love chain? That seems like an, that's an interesting choice of name and words. Because for me here in the U.S., I hear the love chain, and what immediately goes in my head is the song The Love Shack by the B-52s. But obviously that has nothing to do with it. So maybe could we explain what the name is before we dive even deeper into the technology? Yeah, sure. Um, and that's a great song, by the way, The uh, the Love Shack by the B-52s. Um, the origins of our concept were basically um, born in 2018 and the concept initially was about creating the um, digital equivalent of love locks that people leave on monuments around the world, right? It was about creating, you know, bringing the immutability of the blockchain to the whole concept of, of things that matter to us. So from that perspective, um, the, the name was about, you know, love meaning, you know, creating, uh, love being anything that mattered to us, anything that we, that we cared about, our family, our pets, our kids, our favourite sports teams, you know, other things, um, and, you know, merging that with the blockchain. And so the idea was that we're bringing, you know, Im, you know that, that immutable feature that blockchains have and giving us the ability to create these permanent memories. And that was born out of those digital love locks, not the digital love locks, the actual um, physical love locks themselves, where people, they get a lock, they engrave their two names, you know, let's say it's a couple, they'll lock it on a bridge, say in Paris or some other monument around the world. And it's there uh, for, I guess, as long as the um, local authorities deem it, you, you know, um, suitable to have it there. In, ter in terms of Paris, I, I know that they removed a whole heap of them off the bridges because there were millions of them on there and they became, <laughs> I guess, uh, the weight and, and, you know, the rust, you know, they became sort of like a health hazard. The digital version of that is essentially being able to, you know, um, uh, create a some content and it could be, you know, a message to your loved one or a picture of your, uh, you know, first child on their first birthday and creating an immutable record of that. Now, um, being able to create an NFT out of key moments, and we know this because we all use social media and, you know, in particular around days like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, etc., birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, people are always, you know, creating videos and photos and, and, and you know, posting them, sharing them on social media, et cetera, to celebrate these key events. Now, being able to create an NFT out of that event is essentially the digital equivalent of, of those love locks. So you are capturing that moment that, you know, means something to you that resonates with you and, and you're creating a, a digital footprint of it that will reside on these decentralized networks um, for all time possibly right so um this is the actual how, how the concept was born the name the love chain um came about and um yeah i think um love also is the number one hashtag on social media so um 
it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, and it doesn't have to be about, you know, your loved one, your partner. I mean, you could take, you know, a picture or a video at a sporting event, you know, your favorite player or, you know, has just done something amazing. You've captured that moment. You want to turn it into an NFT um, and, you know, you will have that ability to do so. If you want to then monetize that content, then you will have the option to do that. I mean, you will have captured that moment. Um, so being able to monetize that. And, and we, you know, we all see these these social media posts that go viral and it could be, you know, an animal doing a funny thing or a baby doing a funny thing or somebody who's a an athlete, you know, um, on a skateboard doing something amazing. And, you know, these moments are captured. If you turn it into an NFT, um, then essentially you own that moment. And you, we, what, what we are doing is we're creating a pathway for these type of posts to potentially um, be monetized on terms that are suitable for the creator, right? Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later on. The NFT itself, it doesn't have to be made public. It's not necessarily about the monetary value. And, and I think this is what's lost on um, many um, people I remember, you know, as a young guy growing up, my mother would take photos of our birthdays, special events, et cetera. And then you, 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 they had the photo albums, you know, they'd lift up that that um, plastic sleeve and slot the photo in and, you know, store the photo albums away, bring them out, you know, on special occasions or, you know, when you're a little bit older and, you know, show you this is what you did on your fifth birthday and these are the people you had around you, et cetera. An NFT can be the digital equivalent of that, and the digital wallet is the is the digital equivalent of the photo album. So it just means that you've got decentralized um, storage, you've got a de- decentralized, uh, a, you know, a mechanism that allows you to create this and to create a decentralized post. So with us, with the with the love chain in particular, if you just choose to create the block blockchain upload. So you don't have to create an NFT out of a moment. You can just create the blockchain upload. Then essentially you've captured that moment on a decentralized um, storage network. Um, that moment will, you, you know, will always reside on that network. So you will be able to recall it and view it, et cetera. If you wanted to take ownership of that moment in a more, I guess, personal way, you create the NFT and you can lodge it in your digital wallet for storage. You can you know, store it in a cold wallet if you want, etc. If you're a content creator or you think you've captured a key moment um, and, and that has potential um, virality about it, then you, you, you've you caught that moment and you own that moment. So, you know, you, you know before you share it on a social media feed, um, there's the potential to monetize it and we are creating pathways for that. So I think, you know, uh, it, it brings up a lot of, opportunities and uh you know we are about capturing those so yeah wow omar thank you so much for that detailed explanation i actually got kind of chills when you were talking about the photographs and putting them into physical photo albums because you know first of all the love chain is a concept of putting like the love locks on the bridge and all that that cemented the name for me but then when you talked about this being the digital equivalent of like a photograph is the best example and i know this from my personal life because within the past year or so I've gotten back into Polaroid photography and if anybody knows that uh, anything about Polaroid photography 
um, you, you only have a couple of chances to get a decent photo before you're out of very expensive film. So it kind of gives you this incentive to like, what moment do I want to capture? Do I have to capture it correctly? And then it's so special because there's nothing like a Polaroid photograph. So when I heard you explain, you know, they're taking these photos and they're, it's a remembrance of special moments and this could be the digital equivalent. I thought, yeah, this is there. Not only do I see the use case for it immediately, but I see how in the future, um, the great thing about blockchains is that as long as a couple of people have the ledger, you know, a blockchain could potentially, you know, quote unquote, go down and then it could just be restarted again. And all that data is still there as long as it's just copied onto more computers. And it's the really fascinating thing about the open and decentralized nature of the blockchain. So whether you wanted to commodify these NFTs or whether you wanted to just keep them and own them digitally, um, an app that makes it simple, seamless, and easy to share like this, in my personal opinion, I don't see how you could go anywhere but up. Um, Ken, I'm, I'm interested to know if you had any comments on that before we talk about the two tokens you have. No, I think I must covered it. The only thing, Nathan, uh, Adam's trying to still get in. He's having troubles under the our official uh, Love Chain um, logo there. Is there anything he can do to try um, talk? He's having an issue. Oh, gosh. I just uh, invited him to speak here. He, um, I thought that I also did that about 10 minutes ago or so, too. Um, the only thing I would say to him is that I know every so often Twitter spaces can be wonky and so sometimes it can help to leave and join back in but I have not rejected him from speaking and I have uh, my producer as well trying to trying to get him in I've invited him thank you yeah I've invited him to speak again and sometimes Twitter just will not cooperate will not cooperate He's probably been a naughty boy on Twitter. That's why they won't let him talk. <laughs> I, you know, I, Twitter Spaces is pretty nice and open. I've actually really <laughs> liked Twitter. But, um, yeah, I, I would just say that, Adam, if you're listening, um, I would try and leave the space, come back in. I'll try and do it again, but sometimes you, you click the button five times and nothing happens. So um, I'm always happy when I'm here, I'm co-hosting, and when one or two of the guests that I'm supposed to be talking to is co-hosting. So sometimes that's all that I you can ask for from Twitter. Um, it's, I assure you it's not an issue on my part. I want you, I want you to speak, please. So um, moving on with Omar and Ken here, and Adam, if you can join us in a little bit, we'll be glad to let you talk as much as you want as well. There's two governance tokens here. I'm sorry, there's two tokens, sorry. One is a governance token, and one is a reward token for the love chain. And lover is the reward token, and love is is the governance token. I believe love is the one that's being listed on BitMart and lover would be just the one that's native to the app. Could we kind of, could you tell us the difference between these tokens and what, um, what we should expect from them? Yeah. Um, just very briefly, I'm sure Ken's got some stuff to add to this. Um, so the governance token was, was really about bringing you know the the decentralized governance uh, um, aspect to the platform, and um, you know it, it is one where holders will have the ability to propose and vote on proposals that may shape uh, any future initiatives or direction that the platform takes. 
in the short term, the governance token holders um, will vote on things like uh, how much of the platform revenues are allocated to um, the rewards tokens. Um, there is a minimum of 30% of the platform's revenues are mandated to be allocated to the rewards tokens, that is the lover tokens. Um, the governance token also has the ability to be staked. And what that means is that by staking the love token, you will get access, direct access to 80% of the revenues uh, of the platform's revenues. Um, and, you know, obviously that gives, you know, a degree of uh, ownership to um, our love token holders. Um the idea is that over time we want to capture uh, value as we scale and grow and be able to deliver that to our ecosystem in ways that matter. The idea behind the lover token and the rewards token, and, and that is to separate the governance aspect from the um, rewards aspect, the, the lover tokens are exclusively reserved for content creators. So essentially, if you participate on the um, on the app by uh, creating posts um, and sharing posts, you know, across other social media and therefore promoting the platform, then that's how you earn those lover tokens, right? They will also be listed when we do go with the public launch. Um, and the initial listing for the rewards token is more likely than not going to be on a decentralized exchange or a couple of decentralized exchanges. The governance token, love token, is a BEP20, so it's a, um, a it's a Binance Smart Chain asset, and the Algorand um, or, or the sorry the rewards token, lover, is a Algorand standard asset, um, and and obviously that's because the um, the whole you know uh, content driven blockchain integration is with our Algorand at the moment. Ken, did you want to do anything? Yeah, and obviously both tokens um, are going to be given utility in our marketplaces, which um, you know we will have two of: the NFT marketplace and e-commerce marketplace. So you know holders can um, you know not only potentially if they decide to cash out on exchanges, they can also use it within our ecosystem. Yeah, and it's so interesting to have tokens that incentivize content creation or liking good content creation because. Of course, um, that could go awry, but more often than not, I think a lot of the stuff that does go viral on social media is decently wholesome and nice, and it's not something that I would be particularly concerned about. Um, so, yeah, I just I find that fascinating. I find the whole concept really fascinating, and that's why I'm always kind of glad that I get to kind of learn along during the con the conversation and not you know go too deep into the research before I'm talking to people because. I almost feel like it's a little bit like a uh, like a pitch. Obviously, it's not a pitch. You've already developed it, and you're coming out with it, and so it's it's even more fascinating that way. But something that comes to mind here for me is that you know revenue for apps like famously Twitter, I believe, is still not profitable. Revenue for these sorts of apps, even if they're an amazing idea, is um, required for them to survive, sustain themselves, continually innovate. What is, and maybe you touched on this and I just I just missed it, it kind of went over my head, what is kind of the plan for the love chain to generate profit and revenue, maybe for the app itself or for content creators? Is it those 
um, lover tokens that we were just talking about. Or oh, I'm sorry, the yes, lover tokens, the reward token. So there's a number of um, avenues we've uh, created, um, you know, revenue streams for, um, and you know, there are. Uh, we're very mindful to make sure that um, you know that within our ecosystem there there are you know revenue streams to make this uh, protocol and this project um, you know create um, you know revenue uh, and be able to be functioning and profitable you know in a period of time you know a lot shorter than we've seen a lot of centralized um, social media apps. So our main uh, sources of revenue will be from our e-commerce marketplace, our NFT marketplace, um, you know, with creation of the NFTs, um, you know, commissions from our merchant partners where through the e-commerce marketplaces, um, within time advertising revenue that you know will be coming in, um, and we charge for transaction fees um, from the integrated digital wallets um, with. Um, you know, transactions through the NFT marketplaces. Um, so, you know, as we all know, um, maybe we don't, that those that are listening, but, you know, the e-commerce um, global market is, you know, a $5.5 trillion market and, you know, growing very strongly. Obviously, COVID had a lot to do with that growth as we were all, you know, locked down at home and purchasing things online, but it's continued to grow as the world has opened up. And, you know, we see some significant opportunities within, you know, a number of the streams and marketplaces uh, you know, are growing strongly, you know, across the world. Wow. I might, I might, uh, I might just add something to what Ken um, has, has said. And, and really the key thing here is, is building a network that complement, where, where all the parts complement um, the user experience. And, and look, we're, we're not saying we're going to get this right um, from day one. We might not even get it right ever. But what our focus is, our focus is on the user experience and giving them a, a platform that essentially um, is easy to use, uh, is pleasing, you know, on the eye, and also um, gives them pathways which they can um, monetize their creations. So if we consider the big social media platforms, the, the primary source of revenue is advertising, right? Um, they don't really share that with their users, but without their users, they are, they are nothing. So essentially, our ethos is that our users are everything. Our users that are creating content and sharing that content they mean everything to us. So essentially, we want to give them something back. And building and integrating on blockchains allows us to do that in ways that the centralized platforms can't. And when I when I say centralized, I've got to be careful because we are a hybrid. So there are elements of our platform that are centralized, but the key features that mean um, let's say, innovation to the user and change the user experience, they're the ones that are integrated into blockchains. So obviously the NFT, being able to, you know, just create a blockchain upload and decentralize your storage, um, being able to be rewarded with an on-chain rewards um, program um, for creating content and sharing that. So all these things essentially also open up opportunities for us to capture um, revenues that 
other platforms can't. So, for example, um, an NFT creation is an opportunity where we can capture some revenue. Um, our NFT marketplace and our e-commerce marketplace, as Ken mentioned, they are also opportunities for us to capture revenue, but they're also ways for our users who hold our tokens to be able to use those tokens as currency in those marketplaces, because we will support them in those marketplaces as currency. Um, and I think our strategy is about building um, uh, you know, value over time and to capture that value in the two tokens, right? So, um, for example, uh, the early social media um, builders on blockchains, they created, you know, we did learn from some of the experiences. You can't have an infinite supply of rewards tokens, okay? So our rewards tokens are capped at 8 billion. Now, with people sharing and creating, I mean, that could in theory, be exhausted fairly exclusively, especially if we had some malicious operators out there that, you know, just created, you know, hundreds or thousands of fake accounts and just went out and, you know, posted pictures and shared stuff just to try and, you know, rape that pool of rewards tokens. So that also led us down another pathway, which is to ensure that every user on the app is a verified user, meaning that they are a real person. Um, the fact that you know we have an integrated digital wallet means that for most developed uh, nations, we will be required to conduct KYC checks. So that's a part of the onboarding process, right? We can verify the identities, um, you know, and what we're saying to the user is, once you get onboarded, you get in a digital wallet, you'll be able to store multiple you know, um, digital assets on there. So a, a full range of cryptocurrencies, right? And from that, that also gives us the ability to um, capture those assets um, and direct them to our marketplaces at times that might be meaningful for the user to, to spend those assets. So for, for example, on Valentine's Day, which in your part of the world, Nathan, is a $20 billion spend, and we know that a lot of people are just they're on their social media on that day, taking photos and videos, et cetera. Um, but we're giving we're going to give the opportunity for people to actually, uh, you know, create content and 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 earn rewards over time, and then maybe use the assets they hold in their digital wallets to be spent in our marketplaces. So I think from that perspective, um, you know. As, as, as I said earlier, it gives us opportunities to capture revenues where other platforms may not. Um, but I guess, you know, we don't necessarily have all the answers right now. Um, our, our primary drive is to ensure that our user experience is a pleasant one and innovative one. Um, and I think that will uh, help us scale and, and get that network effect, which is critical for the longer-term success of what we're doing. One other point I'll just add is, you know, with our advertising, you know, one major important feature that was extremely important to us is, you know, rewarding our users. And, you know, when a user signs up, we give them, uh, you know, we ask them if they are happy for us to share their data. And if they are, we reward them for for allowing us to do so and to potentially monetize off that, you know, where, you know, major centralized uh, um, social media apps don't allow you to do that. It's part of their T's and C's. 
So, you know, we, we, we've really, really, you know, it's all about the user. It's all about the user experience and rewarding the user for using our platform. Nathan, I might just charge in here and, you know, just to, to highlight one, one other point. Um, and that is to do with our NFT marketplace. Within that marketplace, um, we we aim to appeal to or, or, or attract advertisers. Um, and I think one of the key things here is, as I said earlier in, in on the call, we all see these viral posts on social media and, and sometimes they get millions of views and hundreds of thousands of likes and, and, and shares, et cetera. Now, if you're a social media user, the original the original creator of that content, um, and, and obviously, you know, they are sharing it. They're not necessarily aware of the potential monetary value of content like that, um, or the or, or the value that content might have for a advertiser. Now, if you create an NFT out of a a, a moment, like I, I saw one the other day, where a cat went up to a water vestibule, the type that you have in 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 an office or in a reception area, and he he or she, you know lifted their paw, they they pulled down on the tap and had their mouth open underneath. So obviously I've done it before and they took a drink and that post <laughs> had an absolute monster number of views and shares. Now let's think about that. Um, that person that created that content or created that video, um, they've shared it and it's gone viral, etc. Once it's gone viral, if it's already had a few million views, it's probably lost its monetary value to an advertiser, right? But if you've created that and turned it into an NFT and you've put it in our marketplace and through our advertiser portal, they get they get to view this content and maybe choose it. They might, you know, they'll have the option of either buying or renting it and they might use it for a, a, um, a promotional campaign or a sales campaign, et cetera. Um, because it might resonate with them. So it might be, let's say, a pet food brand or uh, a pet supplier brand that might look at, say, that cat in that NFT and go, we want to use this. It hasn't gone viral yet because it hasn't been shared, but they see the potential of it, right? So that means that there is potentially some significant value for that content before it gets actually um, uh, you know, made public, so to speak. So we aim to capture those, or we aim to help our content creators, you know, capture those moments and then be able to monetize them. And we will also capture revenues from that unique marketplace that we're creating. Fascinating, fascinating. Ken, when you when you said the words T's and C's in relationship to how the centralized social media platforms you know, entice you with, oh, there's all this great stuff, and then they just take your information and you get nothing from it. And then I hear Omar talking about this, where if you were to have ownership, say, over, you know, that cat video, right, that got millions and millions of views, um, it is, you know, it is your video, it is your information, why shouldn't you be able to monetize it, profit from it? And I find it to be very interesting that the way... We've had these social media companies since the mid-2000s or so, mid to late 2000s, I think, is when Facebook came out, which I tend to think of as like the first major one. It wasn't the first one, but it was the first major one. But it's kind of funny that people for, 
you know, almost a decade or so, even when blockchain was around, because technically Bitcoin's been around since 2008, they've kind of accepted this. I was, I was struggling to find a phrase for this. It's like a, um, it's like an information feudalism almost, right? Because specifically when you talk about the information that's on social media, you're so right, Omar. It's, it's created by the users. Without the users, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're talking about, they don't exist. They're, that's their entire business model is taking the information from people that are creating it and then monetizing it and giving them, you know, I guess likes in return, something like that. Likes, retweets, whatever is specific to the platform. And it's interesting that I don't know if anybody could have anticipated this for blockchain, but how blockchain is making that transition to a user ownership model of social media where in like, I I mean, I could see this, you know, I don't consider myself old. I'm only 31, but I'm old enough to have seen certain things happen and especially in the digital space. It's interesting to me moving forward that in five to 10 years, we'll look back on some of the early social media and think like, that's so crazy that you would just give them ownership of your information and they would sell it and you wouldn't get anything. It's hard for me to even make comparisons to anything else about it, which is why I say it's like information feudalism, um, if that's even the correct word. And so that, that kind of segues to me wanting to talk about real briefly, or I, I guess as brief as, as we can, the love chain, because it's kind of like a paradigm shift here, how are you guys trying to position or you intend to compete with somebody like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? Is it, is it just based on like you have superior value or is it based on people are already moving towards the trend where they're like, we don't want to be in these centralized platforms where we don't own our content? I'm interested in your thoughts on that before we kind of move towards the end and hopefully some user audio questions. I'll, I'll kick this off with, you know, our key differentiators, right? So the key differentiators of our, of our application is decentralized governance, the decentralized storage of all the content that you create, the NFT creation capabilities, the rewards um, that we have for the creating and the sharing of content, um, the privacy and personal data controls like we just talked about, um, the, commercial, the commercialization of the usage, and the variability of accounts and identities, right, which is, as we know, on a lot of other you know, social media applications, you know, there's a lot of fake applications, as we know on the one we're talking on at the moment where, you know, we had a very famous person looking to buy it and pulled out for a, a reason of, you know, too many bots. So that's our point of difference of the love chain, which, you know, centralized social media apps don't currently have the ability or, you know, don't have those items in, in place. Um, so that, that, that's sort of, you know, our major um, keys. But then, you know, obviously we've got digital wallets that, you know, we, that are integrated with our application. As you sign up, we do the KYC. Um, so, you know, that, that's the difference between us. Well, you know, the major difference between us and, you know, any other competitor in, in this space. I mean, you've got a few other items to add. Yeah, I mean, you, you highlighted all the all the good points, which are differentiators, um, and you know, who are they going to appeal to initially? Well, they're going to appeal to the people that are listening to us right now, who are already in the crypto space. So, one way that we aim to capture our early users 
is our primary focus is going to be uh, the cryptocurrency blockchain universe. Uh, globally, there's over 300 million people in the space at the moment, um, and it's forecast to be, uh, you know, around um, a billion or so by the end of this year, according to a crypto.com um, uh, report. You know, we may or may not get there. I think certainly when when the markets are very strong, um, we we tend to see more mainstream people cross over into the space. But 300 million people um, is already a, a very sizable universe for us to potentially reach out to. And given that the demographics that are driving this growth are, um, you know, younger Gen Zs and millennials who are adopting the technology, uh, the, the currencies and the utility that they're able to achieve from them, I think um, it, it's, a, you know, we have an audience there. So um, from that perspective, that's one way that we aim to differentiate ourselves um, from them is we're going for a, a slightly more um, unique um, uh, demographic, I guess. Uh, there are people that are turning away from the bigger platforms. That, that's what the data suggests. I think uh, generally speaking, they're either um, fed up with the excessive advertising or the fact that, um, you know, the the experience is just getting boring in some respects. Uh, and I think the uh, the, the audience, um, as Ken suggested, wants a greater de degree of control over their content and the choices that they make. And I think um, that's something that we are able to, you know, give them through our features. So we'll see. Yeah, no, it, it makes total sense. It's it's interesting that you mentioned the um, the kind of new audience or the built-in audience that you would have of mostly Gen Zs and Millennials. I think there's actually an opportunity here for older content creators as well because it's it's almost sort of a um, it's almost sort of like a like a not red herring. That's a misdirection. Something rare. That's what I'm trying to get at. A phrase. Something rare where you see older content creators who either they have wisdom to share or they've you know been an artist their entire life. Um, I always think that some of this blockchain stuff and all all the social media stuff would have done so well in the um, in the 1960s, where there was so much creativity and an explosion of art and music. But of course, it wasn't around, so they had to use other mechanisms. I just find that totally fascinating. So I do see definitely how you guys are going to differentiate yourself. Also, you have the advantage of when you're a smaller company, you, you know, even if you're hybrid, you're not totally decentralized. That's it's still an asset because. As much as people like to hate on the centralized companies like Facebook, Twitter, and all that sort of stuff like that, we do kind of have an asset in their favor in that they've become bureaucracies. They move so slow with certain things, um, and that's both to their benefit in some ways and to their detriment. So in the crypto space, if you're small, if you're agile, if you've got things together and you've got a good community behind you, you can kind of move mountains. So... Guys, the last question that I want to ask is just a general roadmap question, and then I'm going to open it up to audio questions. And I'd like to know before I ask the kind of generalized roadmap question, how many audio questions you guys would like to take? Sometimes I, I figure that it's helpful to put a time limit on it or a number so that, that way I can get you guys out here on time, and that way people keep their questions um, concise and to the point, and I'll kind of lay down some ground rules for that. How does that sound? Sounds good. It's uh, 2 a.m. here, so um, in Sydney at the moment. Um, but, you know, I, I'm happy to take uh, 
you know, three, three or four, five questions, say. I mean, I don't know if Ken wants to take uh, uh, more himself or something along those lines. Yeah, I ain't sleeping. So, so guys, uh, keep, keep them coming. So, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever works. We're, we're here to, uh, you know, make sure we answer any uh, burning questions there to the community. Okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna cap it at five, um, and we're going to uh, let Omar or Ken choose whichever one um, wants to to charge for it or comment on it. And that will happen right after I ask my last question here. And real, real quickly, before I ask my last question. Adam, I've tried to let you in again probably about three, four times. Twitter won't let me. I usually have the power. I apologize. I hope that you've been able to just, you know, reap the benefits of listening to this conversation and me talking to your great colleagues. So I'm, I apologize again for Twitter. You know, Twitter, the old centralized platform, not uh, wanting to let you in. We need a decentralized spaces. Maybe you guys could work on that next um, after the love chain um, is a billion-dollar company or something like that, which hopefully will be soon. So, last question, guys. Kind of a generalized roadmap question that I love to ask projects because it's both it's both kind of like a basic whiteboard, but it's also really kind of creative. I want to know, what does the love chain look like six months from now? And then I want to know, what does the love chain look like five years from now? And Omar, Ken, either of you can take that. One of you can take it. You can both comment. Go wild. So, you know, at the moment, we just launched our, our, our beta version um, to, to, you know, a closed beta version. Uh, we're working on our um, Apple Store listing, um, which is next. Uh, then onto our Android Store listing, we've got integrated NFT Marketplace um, to come. With, with that, we've got um, with the digital wallet that will be integrated uh, through Fireblocks. We've got our KYC integration. Um, our e-commerce marketplace, um, obviously listing of our lover token, uh, listing of our governance token, which is going to happen next week um, on, 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 on Bitmart. Um, so that's, that, that's the roadmap for the next six months. We've got a few, you know, integrations to go, but, you know, hopefully you're, we, we should see all of that functional in the public hands, you know, you know, quarter four this year. So we've got, you know, we've got a, we've got a bit of work to do, but you know, we, we've come a long way. We've got, you know, we've got an actual uh, application that's functional, that's working. Um, you know, our community members are currently using, giving us feedback on. Uh, five years from now, um, you know, and you know, even sooner. You know, we've got, you know, quite a bit of items coming next year, which is um, other user types. So at the moment, we've got individual user types. We're going to have businesses. We're going to have family groups. Um, we're going to have couples. So, you know, that's going to be integrated. We've got new features that, you know, will be coming in like live streaming, um, integrating your calendars. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we've got a bit of, um, you know, functionality that will be growing, you know, our, our um, product and our tech stack. Yeah, I might just quickly add that in six months' time, I think we'll have a uh... – a niche community, uh, largely um, within the cryptocurrency space, the app itself will have the, you know, the the the, the, the basic um, picture, video um, uh, sharing functions, NFT feature. It'll have the integrated digital wallet. 
Um, and we'll have the integration of our NFT marketplace and our e-commerce marketplace. Beyond that, in five years' time, I see a platform where, um, as Ken mentioned, live streaming will probably be a, a, a feature there, and it will be something where content creators, event creators will be able to monetize their um stream in in real time um uh, you know uh, and and users will be able to just you know make payment uh, from their integrated digital wallet and they'll be able to use their uh, love token or their rewards token as um currency to do so um and yeah i, I see a, a whole heap of other innovative sort of features there that we can't talk about right now but it'll be a far more interactive experience in real time. And I think that the key thing that's going to probably um, over the next few years uh, develop really in some really interesting fashion is, is going to be the, the monetization aspect for those that are creating um, content, content that's, um, you know, meaningful to others. Because let's face facts, uh, we go on social media because of the content and sometimes we'll be there flicking through pictures and videos because, you know, it's fascinating. Um, and I think that's one of the key things there. So for us in the early days, it's about really attracting um, the sort of content creators that are that have got followers or that have got some unique um, angle uh, and, and giving them the opportunities to change the way that they earn from that. Fascinating. I love it. I love it. I, I like asking that question because sometimes six months in the crypto world is like five years in the traditional world with the amount of stuff that happens, price volatility, you know, drama, all that sort of stuff like that. And then five years, sometimes, you know, you wonder, gosh, five years in the crypto world, that's going to be like 50 years in the traditional world. So I always love to hear projects, ambitions, hopes, and uh, practical matters of stuff that they're integrating within those two very distinct timelines. So thank you, gentlemen. We have uh, gotten to the end of my questions that I had for the love chain, and they've been very, very helpful. Um, I've learned quite a lot. Gentlemen, I didn't know that it was 2 a.m. in Sydney, so I apologize for keeping you up. It's only 10 a.m. in Denver, Colorado, where I am right now, so we are literally a world apart and a, uh, a time difference apart. So that could uh, explain our difference in energy levels here. But they have been real troopers, haven't they? So I want to ask the community, we're going to take five listener questions here, five listener audio questions to be specific. And I want to lay down some ground rules real quick before I start taking those questions. Number one is please ask your question in English. I only speak English. Um, almost all of my guests only speak English as well. We want everyone to be able to understand each other, and that is just the requirement that we have for these Twitter spaces. No shade on you if you speak other languages. I wish that I spoke 17, but unfortunately, I only speak English. Um, second, we're here to talk about the love chain, right? We're here to talk about the love chain, um, the app, anything that Omar or Ken has discussed. We're not here to talk about your project or things like that unless you're trying to compare it to something that somebody else is developing and seeing how the love chain compares to it. That would be the only caveat. And then three, please be in a quiet location when you're asking your questions so that we can hear you. And if you are rude 
or you are obnoxious, or you are shouting, or anything that is disruptive, um, Omar and Ken are my guests. I'll just immediately mute you. You'll be out of the conversation. So please, be civil. They're my guests here. Who wants to be the first one? Let's look. I'm going to go with, let's try Yappy. Yappy, I've approved you to speak, and let's hope that you pop up here in one second. Hello. Hey, Yappy, are you there? You can ask a question to Omar or Ken. Um, thanks for this opportunity. Thank you, Bismarck. Uh, I want to ask the love chain about their plans to expand globally, maybe to uh, other continents. And then secondly, uh, is your app really now functioning on Android uh, application like uh, Play Store? Can we download it and use it? Then uh, thirdly, what uh, can you give us a guarantee that your project will be sustainable in the few coming years? We we have seen many projects come up like this and end up rock pool or are not existing again. Please can you assure us? Because I really love this. I love your presentation and I love how Bitmart brought you on board. Please assure us. Once we have the assurance, then we'll dive in. Thank you, sir. Omar, Ken, did you happen to catch that question? Yeah, yeah, I heard that loud and clear. I'll kick off. Um, so your first question, uh, you know, obviously being a social media app, we see the love chain being a, go- a global um, play. It's, you know, every market, um, every creator, you know, there are many from many different countries around the world. We want to capture all of that on our application and, you know, have the creators, you know, monetize from that. And we've already been speaking to, you know, a number of different um, you know, you, potential users around the world, potential, you know, you know, merchants that want to be um, integrated into the, the love chain, um, be it artists, be it creators um, that see our platform and see an ability to, to monetize from what they do now in the real world and what they want to use the love chain for. Um, so, yeah, we, we're looking to, um, you know, expand globally. Um, we will be on Android. Um, we are initially at the moment working on the Apple App Store, um, which you know is not too far away. And as soon as that gets um, uh, finalised, we will be going live on Android Store. So that is definitely you know part of our roadmap, and and is not far away. Um, and our project being sustainable, um, you know, we we initially we've had you know a funding to to get our project where where it is today. We've got enough funding to take us you know, into the future without raising funds. But in saying that, we, you know, we, we are doing a pre-sale at the moment uh, through Bitmart and we do go live on, on and list ne- ne- next week on, on the 23rd of August. So, you know, we've had a lot of interest from a lot of investors from around the world. We are being very picky in any, you know, major investor that does want to come on board, I'm not talking retail investor, I'm talking, you know, major, you know, whale investors that are very interested in our project. We want to make sure they add value to our ecosystem. They can, you know, give us, you know, open doors for us um, that, you know, we can't open ourselves globally. So, you know, we, we definitely see the interest that we've had globally to where we are today. We've got a project, um, we've got a product that can you can actually use it's not something that you know most projects that you know are raising funds to be able to create their project we've done that so you know we're 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 long way um, you know past most 
positions that people are in this space or other projects in this space. So you can see where we're, we're, we're the real deal and, you know, we're, we're here for, for the long term. You know, we're early along the journey of, you know, in the crypto space um, being a social media, but we want to capture that, you know, 4.6 billion users of social media. You know, we see that, you know, transitional, you know, initially stage one of the crypto economy, like, you know, like Omar mentioned, you know, there's 300 million with a billion users by the end of this year. You know, that, that that's our low-hanging fruit. But, you know, there's 4.6 billion currently and growing around the world of social media users. You know, we see our platform. There's no reason we can't capture a big part, chunk of that. Um, so, you know, we're, we're here to stay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your answer. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for your great question, Yappi. I'm going to remove you as a speaker now and uh, pick somebody else here out of the uh, out of the crowd. Let's go with let's go with Promise Moses. You'll be able to speak here soon enough, hopefully. Hello. Hey, yeah, Promise Moses. You can ask a question to Omar or Ken. Okay. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Omar. Hi, Ken. Um, first of all, I want to say uh, the Love Chain is a fantastic project. And um, I believe that behind every great project, there are even greater challenges. So my question is, what are some of the challenges you and your team face during the creation of this uh, amazing project? Thank you, Promise. That's actually a good question, and uh, you are 100% right. Um, there have been many challenges, and there will be many challenges yet to be faced. Um, I guess the important thing there for us is to ensure, you know, the challenges are one thing. It's how you react to those challenges that really defines whether you succeed or fail. Um, I think having a really solid team is critical. So for us, ensuring that our developers, our, you know, designers, our um, infrastructure, um, our marketing team are all, uh, you know, up to the task of, of taking this concept and making it appealing to the end user because, let's face facts, if it's not relevant, it's not going to be successful. So for us, we are very mindful of that. Um, and one of the biggest challenges that we face is obviously getting you guys when the when the apps made public to come on board and start using it um, and I think uh, you know how we appeal to you is going to be based on what advantages you're able to um, capture through our platform that you won't be able to capture using uh, our competition right so from that perspective um, I think we we, we do have it, it's it's a consequence of a number of things. Uh, I think if we were doing this three or four years ago, we would have been too early. As I said way early in the conversation, I think now is a good time to be doing what we are doing. 
Uh, and we are doing something in a space that gives us a very scalable opportunity. And so from that perspective, uh, I think, you know, we, we are doing the right things. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, we, we've got a handle on all the challenges that, you know, might come our way and they, they will, there will be some, some might be technological, some might be uh, from a uh, optimization perspective, some might be uh, from a marketing perspective. But I think, as I said, uh, having the right team is critical and how you react to your, um, to those challenges is what's going to define where we are in, in six months time and in five years time. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you very much and good luck for the future. Thank you. And thank you, Promise Moses, for asking a great question. I'm going to remove you from the speakers now and try and choose our third one. Who wants to be our third one? Um, Our third one. Let's see. Um, Oh, we've got a returning, uh, returning question asker. Blessing Bay. I remember you. I'm going to add you here as a speaker, and hopefully you'll pop up here in one second. Hi. Hey, Blessing Bay. You can ask a question to Omar or Ken if you want to. Okay, please tell us about your security audits. What would you like to know? Um, I can tell you generally that uh, the security audit for our governance token was um, conducted by Quillhash. Um, if you want any technical details, you can probably uh, find the report somewhere on our uh, on our uh, socials or somewhere within our uh, data. Um, I'm not the uh, the the the, the, the uh, developer or the coder that wrote the uh, smart contracts. So I can't give you a great deal of information if you're looking for technical information. Real quick to help out here. I'm on the, uh, the love chains uh, link tree and there is a button for the audit and it says coming soon. So Omar, if you said it was done by quill hash, it should be easy to search um, by quill hash. Yeah. If that helps blessing Bay. All right. Thank you very much. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking a, a relevant and topical question. I'm going to remove you from the speakers now. Yeah. And let's see. Who wants to be our fourth? Almost towards the end here. Give another hand for these gentlemen. They've been real troopers. Let's go with um, A.L.I. Shabab, I believe. That's an interesting name. I'm going to add you as a speaker here real quick. Hopefully you pop up. Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. You can ask Omar or Ken a question now. Yeah, Omar, I'm just curious about the blockchain, the main project of the blockchain, which is, as we know, the Solana blockchain, they have a, a major, major, like, focusing on the speed of the transaction, right? And the Ethereum is major at the smart contracts or maybe the security of the of the of the chain blockchain and uh, which is your main focus on your love blockchain is it, is it the speed of the transaction or maybe at the security or maybe at the scalability you know if you want to get 
to get the best at the at one per, and at one side you have to sacrifice the other side right so i just curious about that thank you ali that's uh, actually a very good question um and uh you know one of the primary reasons you know that our content um uploads were on algorand were speed related and cost related uh in terms of finding a balance between speed and costs obviously the likes of solana are uh, you know streets ahead of many other blockchains because of both speed and cost um i think ultimately most of the major blockchains they do deliver on security in some way obviously there are different levels or grades of that um because a blockchain is a compromise between speed and security in some respects uh, although that technology is improving because if we look at where blockchains were 6 years ago uh in terms of speed and security i remember when you know the uh, throughput rates were much lower than what they are now um for us it's definitely an issue because scalability to get scale is going to be based on um having efficiency in those on-chain transactions right um and for a project that is very scalable uh it also offers advantages to those blockchains as well because it brings potentially a, a larger pool of users to that chain um i think uh for the purposes of where we're at at the moment uh we are satisfied with the uh efficiencies that we can capture uh and with the ongoing development in these chains uh um for example with algorand's ongoing increases in throughput i know there was a um a recent uh, uh upgrade that uh, was meant to improve that and i think that's going to continue um not just for them but for most chains and uh, you know we're not necessarily tied to one we we could have multiple chains where our data uploads our nft creations are being routed to and i think that's something that as as we scale uh, and things become a little bit more sophisticated that we can explore those options i think apart from obviously those like obviously it's speed cost security scalability was one major factor or the the major factors and obviously you know our ground being you know carbon neutral as well is important to us and our project Yes, yes, yes. I do agree about that. So I hope you can create a proof of stake in your chain, sir. I really hope about that. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Ali. And they're they're using Algorand at the moment, which is one of the few carbon uh, neutral and carbon negative blockchains. Other than uh, my comparison is always Cardano, but I don't think Cardano has gotten there quite just yet. I think they're just starting on that path. And then, of course, Ethereum. with the merge they are the proof of stake they're trying to lower energy consumption on that chain by up to 99%. We'll see if they are successful fingers crossed. All right, last question here. We I've got some people to choose from here. We can either do Sergey Brin or Monkey Boy. Ooh, interest. This is going to be a tough one, guys. Um I'm going to go with I just like the picture. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go with it. I'm going to have to go with Monkey Boy. I'm going to add you as a speaker here, but no monkeying around, please. I want real questions. All right. 
hope that you pop up soon, real quick. Did you choose Monkey Boy? Yes, you are here, Monkey Boy. You can ask Omar or Ken a question. Well, I'll ask them collectively. Thank you for for, um, uh, allowing me to talk, by the way, Nathan. So, guys, um, people do things for fun, okay? If they don't find it fun, they tend to leave them alone. So I think my question really is, you've talked a lot about um, the business and commercial aspect of this project, um, and that's great. And I think some of those things are are fantastic, um, innovative, and I applaud you. But I wonder what you you are going to do to attract people that just want the ordinary, everyday social uh, media experience and the platforms that they have, you know, the the, the likes of um, WhatsApp, for example, is still extremely popular. Um, You can't – I struggle. Even now I struggle to get people to move over um, onto Telegram, even though it's uh, umpteen times more secure, um, because people still have fun with a network that's built up there of exchange on WhatsApp, and they can't pe- they can't find it on Telegram. So I think what I'm asking is how you how are you going to make the ordinary everyday user come over to the love chain, and how are you going to make it fun for them if they're not interested in the commercial aspect? Um, thanks for the question. Uh, you know, I'll kick this off. So obviously, you know, with the current uh, potential users of our platform, like I mentioned earlier, we, we've been speaking to quite a few. So we've got a, quite a few artists, creators, fashionistas, musicians that we've been talking to that, you know, love what we're doing, looking forward to our you know, application going live. And they've got, you know, to put bluntly, some real cool shit to put out on our platform that, you know, people want to see. And, you know, they want to monetize also potentially from that um, on, on our application. Um, so, you know, with, with that content that we're already talking to a number of, you know, these parties, you know, we'll see a lot of, you know, really you know, fun content that will be on our um, platform. Um, you know, we're going to be doing some, pla- um, some partnerships with, you know, different, you know, uh, influencers, ambassadors, um, and you know, a, a number of a, a different uh, parties that are, are within, you know, be in the creator space, be it in art residency space. You know, we've got a lot of really exciting plans um, that, you know, will we'll, we'll, we'll come with the launch and, and beyond. Um, so to really capture one, you know, the crypto community, creators, collectors, you know, our, you know, youth audiences is part of our, you know, plans and marketing to, to those audiences, the Gen Zs, the millennials, um, and then, you know, our, our phase, you know, that, you know, so that's sort of phase one and two. And then phase three is, you know, bringing the, the mass adoption and, you know, taking, you know, those 4.6 billion, you know, users of social media and, and bringing them on board. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, a whole part back to your question. It's all about, you know, the exciting content that we will have that people want to see. And, you know, there'll, you know, there'll be niches crafted out of our content and you know there'll be the algorithms that you know those that you know always look at what they want to see um they'll 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 see if it's certain types of videos if it's certain types of photos if it's certain types of music you know we've got all that we've got video we've got you know photos um we've got music we've got words so we've integrated all that into the application um so you know depends what you like you'll be able to um you know view and use yourself and upload yourself on our platform.
I think I might I might just add there, and, and this is a, a really good question because solving this question is what essentially gives you the scale to really become a serious player. Um, and I think a part of that is, you know, um, in in the way that we're gamifying the platform. Um, obviously, the content creators are the most important. And when I say content, typically you're going to have two types of participants on a social media app. Um, you've got those that create content and those that view it. And I know with WhatsApp, for example, it's a great messaging um, platform as well. So different types of social media platforms tend to cater to slightly different communities. And social media generally is a very fragmented space. And you've got niche platforms that cater to specific communities. But within within that, I guess it all comes down to um, the, the type of content that is being um, uh, created or shared. Um, and is it appealing enough for the viewers to want to stay there and keep viewing this content? For us, by gamifying the platform, and that is basically enabled through our um, tokenization of it, um, whenever you create content or share content, there's little counters that you have there, and, and you will be able to see that your rewards tokens are building up. And it's sort of like a ka thing, you know, when you're uh, on a poker machine and you're, you know, um, collecting you you've, you're winning your you're winning at the slots or whatever it is it sort of gamifies that whole thing so that you know you want to stay on there and I know even with online gaming there's certain platforms that you know users get addicted to building up their resources and all that sort of jazz you know um, you know creating certain um, uh, functions or reaching certain levels and hitting certain achievements. And we're, we're going to be doing the same thing. Um, I think gamifying it is key because it's not just about having people on the platform, but it's also time spent on the platform, which is important as well. So that's another metric that comes into the mix. Um, so I think for us, uh, the content is one aspect of it. Certainly the, the way in which a user can capture um, value that they earn or achieve by you know uh, conducting themselves in certain ways on the platform will be another and then having the ability to you know benefit from their that value that is being created being able to spend it or or or, or tip a content creator is another way that you know we can um gamify that whole situation Thank you. I'll make one comment. Thank you very much guys very very good answers indeed so one other comment if you ask I don't know, 10-year-olds to 18-year-olds, maybe 10-year-olds to 22-year-olds these days, what they want to be if they haven't settled on a, um, a career path. Most of them will say a, a YouTuber or a, um, a social media influencer of some sort. So wouldn't it be a good idea if you were to sponsor something like that, maybe and use it as an advertising opportunity to maybe a hundred people that get into uh, the, the program, and then you you chart their success. You you actually create and uh, and bore, if you like, um, as in give birth to some social medias that are, that have emanated from the love chain. Just a suggestion. One hundred percent. That has definitely come into our um, uh, our thoughts, and I think you know you see a lot of posts. I, I have young nephews, you know, that are 
around that age, you know, in their early teens, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And it dawned on me that they were creating these TikTok videos, right? And it, it, some of them are actually quite funny and, you know, entertaining, etc. So I think, and we've all seen young people create posts that do go viral. Now, imagine a, a young person creating something that has that potential virality about it and then educating them on how they might be able to really, you know, own and benefit that content rather than just putting it out there. And, and you know, it's something that is an opportunity for them that they could capture a potential real monetary reward for it, even though, you know, the idea is that they're having fun, they're doing something, they're on a skateboard and or they're, they're on their bike or they're on, you know, a surfboard or at the beach or whatever it might be. You know what young people are like? They do some amazing things, and I've been left in fits of laughter at some of the stuff they've created. Sometimes I'll take a short video from somewhere of an animal, and then they'll overlay some other sound to it, right? And it's a, it's a total crack-up. Now, something like that is, is something that we are definitely going to foster um, because I think, um, for example, TikTok has done it really well, uh, the way they've captured it, and they captured it by – creating that short order video loop with that sort of musical overlay and and, and it, it sort of resonates with the young users. And I think having that sort of potential, but then being able to take that to another level is something that might really mean something to these young guys. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm glad that you guys have got the thinking caps on and I didn't doubt it for a minute. Um, but thank you very much for listening to my questions. Absolutely. Thank you you for asking an amazing question or questions, monkey boy, and giving me faith that I can choose people that have very silly pictures and count on them to be real people with real questions. I'm going to remove you from the speakers now, but thank you again. Those were great questions. So everyone, we have reached the five question limit that uh, Omar and Ken were so generous to give us. So we're going to be wrapping up the AMA now. If you're just joining in and you're thinking, what is the love chain? Um, Does it have anything to do with the love shack by the B-52s? Sort of, but also not really. And don't worry about it. If you want to listen to the full conversation that we've had here, I'm going to be archiving it on um, one of BitMart's podcast networks, actually, my podcast stream, which is Crypto Conversations. So you'll be able to listen to the entire thing, including audience questions. And I know that that's helpful sometimes because there's so much that goes into new projects from tokenomics to what the project actually is to when they're listing to the potential benefits that they have in comparison to other projects that sometimes just listening to the conversation one time, you're left you know, thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I actually understand this and you need to listen to it again or you need to listen to certain parts of it. So it's going to be available there. It will not just disappear into the wilderness. Um, I love these live conversations because we get those audience questions and we get uh, people like Omar, Ken, and um, unfortunately not Adam, but you know he's been with us here in spirit to talk live generally and on the you know on the cuff about what their actual project is. So for anybody just joining us here at the end, we've been talking to Omar and Ken from The Love Chain. If you want to learn more about them, I would definitely go to thelovechain.io. That's their website. It's a beautifully designed website that has all of their information there. Um, 
the first social media app that allows you to turn your posts into NFTs and rewards you for engagement. A simple, simple way to put it up there with a bow. And before I say goodbye to Ken and Omar, I just want to remind everybody that BitMart is actually giving away um, 800 USDT worth of love tokens, which ends up being approximately 2,500 love tokens. And all you have to do for that, if you've been a listener to this, these AMAs, is go and find the tweet where we've been having this Twitter spaces, retweet it, tag three friends, go and follow the love chain at their Twitter account, which is at the underscore love chain. Take a picture of you doing both, put it on our Google form, and you will be off to the races to win some of those love tokens, which if you've listened to this conversation, you definitely want now because this app is competing with the big boys. It's competing with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's letting people own their content, monetize their content, and so much more. So Omar, Ken, before I say goodbye to you and let you um, finally go to bed, I know that it's late there in Sydney, Australia. Is there anything you want to tell people, where to follow you, something that we've missed? I think we're, we're at the moment, we're going through, uh, you know, an IEO through BitMart. So, if, you know, people love what we're doing. You know, they have an opportunity to get on board early um, before it actually lists next week on the 23rd of August. Um, so, you know, give your listeners, you know, early access to that IEO. So, you know, get a jump onto BitMart and uh, um, get on board, which is obviously exciting for us. But, you know, appreciate your time. Appreciate everyone listening to us. Um, and, you know, we're really excited to deliver our product so everyone can start using it. So, yeah, if they could follow our socials, if um, they get on our website, they can, uh, you know, get download the beta version and be part of our community and, uh, you know, give us some feedback. But thank you very much, Nathan. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Ken. That was spot on. Uh, follow us and uh, become a part of our community. It is small and growing, but that's what makes it sometimes more rewarding. For the early adopters, um, I'm going to kick back and listen to the Love Shack now by the B-52s. Mm. Thanks, Nate, for being such a, a, a good host. Um, and we look forward to, you know, seeing you guys across our socials. Absolutely. So, Omar, Ken, thank you so much for being part of this AMA. I know that people's time is non-fungible and you can't get it back and you can't buy it on the marketplace. So I really appreciate you giving up some, so much of that for us today, answering questions, telling us all about the love chain. I really do appreciate it. Uh, definitely, everybody, you can check out the love chain on the socials that we mentioned, their website. And uh, since we have nothing left to discuss, I will say goodbye to everybody out there in crypto land. Goodbye, everybody. Hello to everybody out there in crypto land. Did you enjoy that conversation? I know that I did. It's always interesting to learn more about crypto projects, NFTs, and what is going on in this very unique industry. But now we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, all right? It's just the way that it is. So I wanted to let you know that all opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of Bitmark. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. 
use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.